BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Okay, you know when you see those influencers or people on Instagram who have millions and millions of followers and so much money, like they're buying cars in YouTube videos, they have mansions at like 20 years old, they're friends with everyone famous, they maybe star in a Netflix special. You know those people where you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder what life must be like. Like, would you just be happy all the time? Would everything be rainbows and butterflies? Well, on today's episode, we're talking to one of those people. Joining us is Alex Warren. I'm sure you've heard of Hype House. If you haven't heard of Hype House, the Hype House, I don't want to say you're living under a rock, but I would, you know, move the boulder from your... And I'm just kidding. I wish I was funnier and I could just like, you know, like rattle off stuff like that. Anyways, my point is it's very well known. The Hype House consisted of like the biggest TikTok stars at the time who all lived together. Netflix just did a documentary on it. Alex was actually one of the co-founders of this Hype House. But he is so much more than just another internet star or overnight sensation. I mean, Alex was once homeless, sleeping in his car, He grew up in a family impacted by addiction, and he's experienced so much more heartache throughout his life, yet he's been able to cope with it and 
see the silver lining to achieve success. I don't want to spoil anything, but I'd maybe get the tissues out for this episode. If you love Alex, which I know you will, you can find his information in the description. And also he just came out with his own podcast called Locked In, where he literally locks people in a room with him and interviews them. He's had insane guests like Tana Mojo, Harry Jowsey, Jack Wright, Toddy Smith, and more. So definitely check that out. It's called Locked In. Before we get started, special shout out to Lauren. She left a five-star review that says, Victoria's podcast preaches everything I needed to hear 10 years ago. RealPod has helped strengthen the armor I've built and reinforce the messages that so many need to hear today. RealPod is real and hilarious and so unique. It's everything that's missing from our social media feeds. Lauren, thank you. You just get it. That is exactly what we're trying to do here at RealPod. Thank you for taking the time to write this for me. It means the world. And I love that you said everything you needed to hear 10 years ago. I'm like, okay, great. Anyone listening, what a compliment. We're learning things that someone wished they knew 10 years ago. <laughs> Probably less the things that I say, more the things my guests say, but I'll take the compliment. If you want to leave some feedback, let me know how you feel about the show. You can do that on iTunes by leaving a review, or you can rate the show wherever you listen. All of that really helps us out. Gosh, it is so exciting to have RealPod reach so many awesome people out there, and I love getting to connect with you. On that note, be sure to follow the RealPod Instagram at RealPod. We have lots of fun stuff happening there every day. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with TikTok sensation, Hype House founder, Alex Warren. Alex. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I know you just started your own podcast. How does it feel to now be in the hot seat? It feels nice. Honestly, I have no stress now. Right. You just get to sit back. You and like... have, <laughs> focus on so many questions and like how to like kind of stroke the ego a little bit. Now it's just full fire upon myself now. Right. I get to kind of like self-combust, like trying to guide the interview. Please. So how's your spirit? How do you mean? I don't know. What do you think? My spirit's good, I think. If I, if I know that question right, I'm happy right now. I love that. Yeah. I, I felt that way too. And whenever I'm happy, I'm kind of like, what's going on? When is this leaving? Well, because life's like a roller coaster. Yeah. It's like whenever something really good is happening in my life, I'm like, I'm just waiting for something to happen. And then something <sighs> shit happens and I'm like actually excited. Like I get so excited when something bad happens to me. Why? Because something good's about to happen. It can only go up. Okay. I guess it's true. I mean, you have to have the quote unquote shit moments to then feel the happy moments. Correct. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Like my life is consistently a up and down, but it's so fun. I'm so excited to kind of like dissect everything because Please. I'm so fascinated with like your success and your career. And I think a lot of times with successful creators, people just view it as like, oh my God, this sick life. And they don't understand like the strategy, sure. the business side of it, what goes on behind the scenes. Right. So where are you from? I'm from Carlsbad, which okay. is like in San Diego. Nice. And it's like a small little beach city and everyone kind of just surfs and skates the rest of their life there. And did you, were you always like watching YouTube? Did you want yeah. to be a creator? Yeah, like I had a YouTube channel when I was 11 called uh, Alex Man 1332 It's still up there. <laughs> and it's just me, like I'm obsessed with like, computers. So like I learned how to like make fire come out of my hand when I was like 12. And I pretty much just posted a bunch of videos of me like kind of trying to go viral on the internet at 11. So were you on Vine? Yeah, actually I was. I was posting singing videos on Vine though. For the longest time I wanted to like do like music and no one really gave a fuck. And it was kind of like for the longest time, it was just 
absolutely going down, 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 down. And that's when I started doing comedy. And so when did you realize, like, I mean, this sounds like you did, but with what was going to hit, like what was going to pop off online? It was kind of like a trial and error thing for me. Like I kept trying everything and anything. Like there was a good moment. If you scroll down on my TikTok page, I was an absolute fuck boy. Like I lost weight just to try and look good. And like, so I like mm. got like the rock hard abs for like a 135 pound fucking 16 year old. And I tried to do the flirty, like bite your like, lip Like, were you doing things like this? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I was the original little hottie. But <laughs> it, it was it was something where, like, I just tried everything that I thought, like, because I wanted to figure out what I like. Like, I, I associate it with college. Like, college you go and you, you take the classes you want to take. And hopefully, like, if you don't go into it knowing what career path you want to take, you'll eventually figure it out within those four years. And so I kind of set, set up my ages 16 to 20 to figure out, like, what I wanted to do in the space because I knew I wanted to be in the space. And music seemed like it wasn't fathomable at the time. And I thought later down the line, I would then, you know, transition that audience into like my musical audience or like something like that, or leverage it for a record label. I forgot that I did this, but you reminded me when you said you realized like, you know, there was a certain type of dude that was popping off. I remember being like 17 and thinking, oh, I just want to be one of those like really pretty Instagram girls. Oh, yeah. Because that's how like you get followers. Like yeah. if you're only posting bikini photos and you're only like and you look pr like if you are beautiful, you get followers. And it's <laughs> wild that. We're thinking about how we can totally change who we are, what we care about yeah. to fit in. It's like it's never going to last. No, and it's also very detrimental to your health, which I mean, for the long, I was not happy for the longest time. I mean, I, I found success to answer your question earlier. I found success in Instagram skits a lot of just like me kind of making these fast paced vines that Vine had died at the time. So it was just me posting these Vine like content onto Instagram and I hated it. I fucking hated it. Mm. But it was doing well. So I was like, oh, cool. But I, I just I truthfully did not like it. And then I think it was right around right before Hype House. I was in an apartment with me and my friends and we were all like having fun, you know, doing the questionable teenage things and posting it online. And I, I realized I really enjoyed the content I was making at that time. Like I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to make content true to me, like where me and my friends are messing around or me and my girlfriend are having a cute little moment that we always have. And it was just, that's when it instantly goes, I have this, it's doing well and I actually love it. This is the thing. Okay, I have so many questions. I want to dissect that. Before we do, I've seen this everywhere, like that you were homeless with just a computer and a camera. Yeah. Describe that to me. Like, how does that happen? What What did that really mean? Yeah. I mean, the whole story, which I mean, you know, it's, it's something beautiful. I got kicked out of my house at a young age, but that was obviously the byproduct of my dad passing away and my mom being a alcoholic and abusive. And when I got kicked out, I literally was not allowed to take, I even asked her, I was like, can I take the mattress? And she goes, no. I'm like, I can't take a mattress to sleep on. Like, I have nowhere to go. Like, I was just going to bring the mattress up to the, we had a woods area above my house. And like, there's a place we used to hang out all the time. And there was a mattress already there. But I was like, I want to put mine down on top of it and like sleep on there. Do you have and, siblings? Yeah, I have three. And they stayed and you left? Yeah. Are they older, younger? Two older, one younger. That's fine. I never actually talked about them. Yeah, I have an older sister named Lauren, a younger sister named Ashley, and an older brother named Grant. Grant's a Marine. My older sister's in marketing, and my youngest sister is at UW. So what's the dynamic when you leave and they stay? It was kind of like I, I was the catalyst. Like I was, I was the person that my mom like accused of like kind of causing her to drink and stuff like that. And which, with every addict, there's going to be one person that they're going to blame. 
And that was me. And then once I was removed from the situation, then it became my brother. And then he was removed from the situation and then became my sisters. And so it was like, it was kind of like over time, they individually kept like, they didn't understand what was happening. They all, all assumed it was my fault. And then after it all, they, they later called me, I think six months later, after I kind of got back on my feet. And they were just like, I'm so sorry. Like, you were so right. Like, this wasn't your fault. And it was just kind of a, uh, a eye-opening thing for them. I want to pause on this because it's, first of all, thanks for your transparency. Sure. It's so common for people to have parents who have addiction. Sure. And that isn't a conversation that's usually had because we also have this love for our parents. So we don't want to taint their image or talk right. about them badly. But as a result, there's so many people who have alcoholic parents and there's no one talking about it. And then you feel like ashamed or like you're the only person who has this parent that does this thing. Yeah. And then with addicts, like it sounds like you said, hey, this is the problem. And they're like, no, 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 we don't speak of that. And then it's like you had to convince yeah. everyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it, it's very common. It's very common nowadays, too. And that's why I talk about it a lot. Like it's not I, I had a very, very fucked up childhood. And it's not something that I'm like, oh, no, like I'm here to entertain you, which was the way it was for so long. I never wanted to share what I went through. For the longest time, because I thought people were signing up to watch me laugh and watch me and my friends laugh and laugh with us, I didn't think it was really on brand to uh, cry and talk about my feelings. And I remember the one, the, the person who convinced me otherwise was Logan Paul. Well, how did he convince you? He was just like, you have something going on well here, but you need to talk, because me and Logan were talking, and I talked on Impulsive too, and we talked about how everything I've gone through. He's like, why don't you share this? Like, you have so many people watching you that may have the same thing why don't you share this and i was like it's a good point like I, I just always thought people signed up to to you know laugh and he's like they signed up for you and so it was like it was a great conversation so who did you have that you felt like you could really confide with if you had kind of separated from your siblings and right. they weren't on the same page your dad's not in the picture and obviously the relationship with your mom is strained my friends so essentially it was calvin patrick and my friend ryland they all live with me now except for Ryland. Ryland's up back in Carlsbad because he likes it so much. But Calvin and Pat, I, I moved all the friends who helped me when I was homeless. Once I got on my feet, was my YouTube videos started doing well, which was a seamless transition, actually. I was homeless for about four to six months. And during those four to six months, I was filming these videos three times a week. And over time, I was posting them on TikTok and they just blew up and people went to the YouTube channel and I was making $2,000 a month. And from there, I was like, you know what? This is looking good because it was it kept going up. And so I somehow was able to get an apartment, which I'm skipping the whole meeting Cover girlfriend part and <laughs> living in my car with her. So Max and I have a new, very special, delicious drink in our fridge, and it is Karma Water. Karma Water is a natural, enhanced water that is centered around its protective push cap. It keeps nutrients separate from the water because something I didn't know is that the vitamins and probiotics in pre-mixed drinks, like, you know what I'm talking about? Kombuchas, et cetera. They deteriorate over time. Like the more it sits there, whereas karma water stores the probiotics, the vitamins and the antioxidants and adaptogens in a patent protective push cap that infuses the ingredients just seconds before drinking. So the other day I go to get my karma water. I pull it out of the fridge and then it's kind of fun because you have like an activity, right? And you push this push cap in, everything dissolves into the water, you shake it up, and it basically ensures that all the nutrients are delivered at peak potency for the greatest health benefits for me and for you. You just peel, push, and shake. The brand currently has two lines, Karma Probiotic Water and Karma Wellness Water, which are each formulated to deliver distinct wellness benefits in a variety of natural and tropical flavors. I prefer the berry ones. But Karma Water is also coming out with a CBD line later this year. I'm so excited. Karma Water is also vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, 
lactose-free, as well as free of preservatives and artificial colors and sweeteners. So whether you have allergies or certain dietary preferences, Karma Water appeals to all. Karma Water is distributed nationally and available on Amazon. That's where we got ours. So for more information, visit drinkkarma.com. And to purchase, you can head to Amazon. Check it out. Max and I are loving it. Okay, hate to say it, but we are getting close to the start of the school year. I mean, summer has flown by. It is almost August. So it's kind of like the first day of school is right around the corner. And Macy's has outfits from brands like Levi's, Free People, and Mango that are so good. Kids will want to lay them out the night before. So whether you are a parent or you are headed back to school, I mean, these outfits are too good to pass up on. And you can find them at Macy's.com slash back to school. And of course, no first day at school is complete without a backpack, maybe some new shoes. Macy's has the brands you love like Birkenstocks and Nikes. I remember shopping for a backpack before school and it, gosh, it's so fun. It's like you're choosing your aesthetic for the year. You know, when you pick your backpack, it's like the color. So I want to print like this has to go with every single outfit. Well, Macy's has you covered at Macy's.com slash back to school. And maybe you're headed to college. Get dorm essentials like bedding, beauty blenders for the makeup savvy, Fitbits if you're into that, accessories. Macy's truly has everything you could need. So head to Macy's.com slash back to school today so that you can show up that day, pop in from head to toe. Once again, that's Macy's.com slash back to school. Let's talk about the grind of this creation, right? Like I know you went from a million followers to 12 million. What is it in, or sorry, 14 million. You went from 1 million to 14 million in 12 months. Those are my numbers, right? That's fucking nuts. I didn't know that. You you didn't know that about yourself? Cool. Yeah. It's it's a freaking badass. So when you're grinding, like obviously you're having fun in these videos, but you're homeless. You're trying to make money. Like how are you thinking about it from a business standpoint? Like with the, whether it's the length of the videos or mm-hmm. how I want to start them, what's my hook? Like, did all that come to you naturally? Did you yeah. have a mentor? Analytically, I studied the algorithm. So it was kind of like trial and error. Like I said before, I was always posting on this platform. So I understood what essentially did well and what didn't. And they have gave us access to analytics at the time when I had a rap. And so it was pretty much like, hey, they are clicking off at this time. They're doing this. Your average view duration is 17 seconds and you're posting a 30 second video. And so it was like, okay, for that, I would just get the first three seconds, which everyone knows the first three seconds is what defines if they're going to stay and watch the video or not. So first three Three seconds. Yeah. So first three seconds, I always go, so Cover did this. So Cover did that. I cannot believe this happened. Something crazy, like a crazy opening hook to get them to be like, what did she do? Or what what happened? And stuff like that. And then from there, I kind of just make it fast paced and kind of follow the same structure as a movie where you have the obviously opening line, you have the hook, then you have the climax, and then you have the closure. Kind of something that makes someone go, I'm satisfied with what I watch. Because if you cut them off at the climax, that's usually a comedy video. Like that's something where it's like it cuts off and everyone's like commenting, the cutoff, oh my God, the cutoff makes it 10 times better. And then like for a full video where you feel like you got everything you came to be there for and you need to fit it under 24 seconds is something that I feel like I've gotten down pretty well, which is why the, the algorithm of TikTok is in favor of my videos. You sound like a genius. I mean, you are. No, I, I wouldn't say I'm a genius. I, I would say I just am very passionate about what I do what I'm doing. Right. And, and if you're passionate about something, you want to have an understanding of it. Exactly. So it's the same way as like, you know, you go into a, like a job and someone's a, let's say someone's a, a computer programmer and they know how to program proper code and look like they can t- recite code back to you. You'd be like, 
Oh, you know how to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. So with the Hype House, you co-founded it. Like, sure. There were six of us. Okay. So, and I I don't know if this is like offensive or, or what this reveals about me. It's really hard to offend. Oh. I don't I don't know like a lot. Like I, I know, of course yeah. I know the name. Like it's very famous. But like if I'm asking you questions that seem elementary, like I genuinely. I love I'm, elementary questions. Okay. Amazing. Like, I, it is so hard to offend me. Okay. You're, you're good. So. How does this idea come to mind? Who's titling it? Like, mm-hmm. how do you decide who's joining it? What sure. are the rules of it? Like, yeah. yeah, I'm fascinated. Yeah, so I was in my apartment, like I mentioned earlier, and I had all my friends. And it was pretty much like a little mini hype house. It was kind of like me and my friends were filming vlogs all the time. They weren't really contributing besides obviously being in them. Like, they weren't doing anything for their own. And I was really kind of pushing heavy on the fact that, like, hey, like, you know, film your own stuff. And they just really weren't interested in it. They kind of wanted a party. They wanted to have girls over. They wanted to do the whole nine yards now that they're out of their parents' house. They can do whatever they like. Well, I was, like, working and doing all this stuff. And I became really unhappy. Like, I was paying all the bills, and I was constantly telling them to stop partying because it was in the house and they were breaking a lot of my things and you know I was just trying to make content and keep on we're like 20 19 21 year olds so like of course they're gonna want to party yeah I was really happy and Thomas I had met from he was still in team 10 at the time and he was coming back and forth from San Diego because his girlfriend of like six years at the time was down there and so he would come down and I met him over social media and we, we met up and we became really good friends and he was like hey you look really unhappy and I was like I am really unhappy this is really hard like I, I'm 19 parenting my 22 year old 21 22 year old friends mm-hmm. and he was like why don't we move this to LA and like you know I'll get a bigger like we can all scrap together we'll get like because I introduced him to Huddy at the time I introduced him to a lot and Huddy introduced him to Charlie and all that stuff so I was like why don't we just get a big house and I was like you know what that is awesome thinking he's fucking around I'm like yeah sure like he's like let's start our own content house I'm like yeah okay two weeks later he calls me he goes hey you still want to do it I said yeah and he goes send me 500 bucks I said why he goes I got the house and so we sent 500 bucks bought out our lease actually borrowed money from Lil Huddy to buy to buy out my lease because I couldn't afford it at the time and then we moved and from there, we moved there, and it was cool. We had no ambitions of starting a content house once we got there. We just wanted friends to live together and have a cool environment for TikTokers to come hang out and film. And then Bryant called us. And Bryant was like, hey, you guys want to do a photo shoot since there's so many of you guys at that house? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, Charlie, everyone was down. And I was like, we need a name. And they wanted to name it House of Olympus. And I said, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and then I went to my room, and I started thinking with Daisy and Cover, And I was just like, there's Cloud House, there's Face House. Like, Clout was a big thing during the Vine days. It's like, what's the new word right now? It was hype. Like, Charlie has the hype. This person has the hype. And I was like, the hype house. And they were like, it doesn't make sense. Not everyone here has the hype. And I said, yeah, but that's going to make people be like, none of these people have hype. And then you're going to have to look through them to see if they have hype. And then you would know who we are the more you talk about us. Fascinating. How do you make these friends? How do you get in touch with Charlie? How do you get in touch with Huddy? Like, you're leaving your family. You're not in the industry. How does that happen? So, yeah, I mean, at this point, I have at this point, I have 1.3 million followers on TikTok. And so so that's how originally Bryce Hall (laughs) and Jaden Hoss were the two people ever to reach out to me that were actually popping. And they reached out and said, hey, you want to hang out? So I went up there, met Jaden. That's how I met Huddy. Then from there, okay. I met Bryce, and then that's how I met a few other people. And Bryce and Jamie are the two people from L.A. that I ever first met, and no one knows that, which is cool. Now, would you say that having a large following like that certifies some sort of safety or, I, I mean, 
these people aren't becoming friends with random people because there's something about their life. You're being protective of your space. Do you feel like sure. being able to have a certain follower count is like almost the access or the permission to these friendships? It can help in one way of knowing that the other person isn't being used. I think a lot of times I, if someone like I'm a lot more like I hate saying I'm different, but like I'm a lot different in the content space where if someone is really like they have something to offer. I'm going to collab with you and hang out with you no matter what. Like I'm, I'm not an ego guy. Like a lot of my friends in my house, most of them are my hometown friends. And so it's like, I prefer that over any dumb fucking verified account. Like it, it just, to me, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But to a lot of people, it's a safety net of knowing that if this person has a following and they want to hang out, they have a bigger following or you guys have an equal following. It's, you can expect it to be a transactional relationship, but it's also you don't feel like you're getting used because you're somewhat using them as well. Now, I struggle in my own life to have boundaries around when I'm creating content, when I'm not. And that's just me by myself. You're now living in a house that is work with people sure. who work. Were there any boundaries? How do you know when it's appropriate to pull out your camera and vlog what someone's doing in the kitchen if they just trying to chill and eat a sandwich? Like, how did that work? In the hype house or where I live now? Uh, in the hype house. In the hype house, it wasn't really like it, it, you're in a content house. So it's like you, you kind of have to you signed up it. for it. You yeah. signed up for it. That being said, I like to be really polite with the way I do it. It's kind of like, would you like to come film this? Like, can we, is it okay if I bring up my camera? Like, unless it's something crazy that's happening, like something massive and someone's pulling out their phone to film on their, their phone and like they're having fun. Like, I'm going to pull out my camera and have fun too. But it's something where it's like, that's just the new normal. Like that was just like the normal in that house. In my current house, no one, like my, they're all my hometown friends. Like, and they'll just be like, hey, put the camera away. And I'm, I'm always going to respect that. Yeah. Now, was it actually fun? Like when I sit in bed at night and I watch your vlogs or I watch these YouTubers yeah. and they're laughing. I mean, I remember oh, being- Oh, my vlogs, yes. Yeah, I remember being in college, like dreaming. I had a YouTube channel, <laughs> not yeah, that big. Love but it. I just remember being like, how cool would it be to be friends with these people? And like, they have so much fun and like, they're always laughing. Like, right. did it really feel that way? Yeah, there was, my, my vlogs were probably 80% non-scripted, 20% scripted. And when I use the word scripted, it's not like scripting phrases out for people, but it's like, if someone did something really funny and I'm like, no, I missed that, do it again. Like, do it, like it, it, it might not be the same exact effect and it might be a little less of a real laugh, but it's still like the original funny part of it. What about the balance between living in the moment or like, I always think about this when it's someone's birthday yes. and they start blowing out the candles and it's just a room full of phones. And I don't I'm, film on birthdays. I don't either. Oh my God. Okay, I'm the same way. I, I'm just like, no, I want to watch you blow out your candles. Right. I want to be present. So how do you... So I have a rule. I don't film on birthdays and I don't film on holidays. Okay. So like I, I get stressed because like it's work. And so it's like I'm trying to think so many creators like Logan Paul, David Dobrik, everyone has these fun specials they do for like the holidays. That's awesome. Fuck that. Like, I really don't want to, like, ruin my holiday and, and worrying about, like, blowing up a Christmas tree and having my friends hang from it half naked. Like, that's just not something that I want to do. So I usually, if I'm going to film a Christmas special, it's always, like, two weeks late. Like, it's always, like, January by that time. And I put out a vlog and it's like, Merry Christmas! And everyone's just like, what the fuck are you doing? So holidays, birthdays, I mean, sure. I could count them on my hand for yeah. 365 days a year. Yeah. So how are you staying present in the moments with, like, your girlfriend or your best friends? Like... I mean, in your relationship, I yeah. mean, how do you have moments that are special to you without your brain thinking, oh, this is a great piece of content? That's the issue. I struggle. I struggled a lot with balance. And I still do. I Honest to God, though, it's, it's kind of we've had our issues from that a lot where it was kind of like, I mean, that was highlighted in the Netflix show, too. But it was hard. It was hard because I didn't want to go back to going being homeless. 
And it's also hard because I didn't want to lose Cover. And she, God, I bless that woman. I love her. I like, love your I, relationship. So, she is so patient with me. Mm. And I'm, I, it's not that I'm a lot, but I'm very much go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Fast paced doing 8,000 things at once where it's like, I'll film a vlog and then I got to film a brand deal and then I have to go do this podcast and then I'll have to go record a song and then da, 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 da. And it's like all day, every day. And she's just at home hanging out with the dogs, maybe filming her brand deals for some company. And, and then she's kind of just like, da, 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 da. I'm going to crochet. <laughs> and I'm like, I would love to lay on the couch with you right now. I want to so badly. And it's, I can. That's the thing. I totally could. But it's like, I know I have to work. And if I don't do it now, then I'll have to do it later. And that's just fucked up on me because it's, shouldn't be on my time. It should be on both of our time. Yeah, I feel that. I want to go back to this comment you said of no one can offend you. Why? Yeah. Is it because you don't care what people think? Is it because you've been a, you've had so many things said about you? Nothing's new. Like, why can no one offend you? It's a mix of all of it. If you ask any of my friends, they've probably only seen me furiously mad once. It's just like the people I live with. Like they they quite literally go, I have no idea what it what I have to do to get you to be on the brink of punching me. I don't know. I think it's honest to God. Everything I've gone through, every other problem seems so minute. It's like it's quite literally like. I've lost both my parents. I've been shot. Like, there's things like, yeah. And so it's like, I don't, you calling me some fucked up slur, you like being rude to me isn't going to bother me. I also am very happy in my life. So if I'm out and like someone rolls down the window and goes, fuck you, like, which it's happened before. I just roll my window up. I go home to my three dogs, my four chickens, my three cats, my house, and my girlfriend and my friends. And it's like, my life's not over just because you yelled, fuck you. So it's, I don't know, like thing, someone could cuss me out and someone could like do some fucked up shit. And I'm just like, apology goes eight miles. Like it goes so far with me. Like if you sincerely apologize to me for anything, I don't hold grudges. Like I, I like don't. On the line It's a of, lot of work. Yeah. Trying to avoid people and stuff. No. Yeah. And my heart aches for you with what you've been through. I mean, how do you like rationalize from a work standpoint, you have right. everything everyone would ever want presumably money fame can buy any car you want mansions friends d'amelio's on speed dial whatever it is <laughs> and then you have this family life where you didn't have control over all those things no matter how successful you are like right. it doesn't take away grief no yeah it's just something that i've i don't mourn about it like it's kind of like for me when i have kids and i get married i'm going to live the life my dad wanted to live for himself and which is what he was obsessed with his kids like my dad, his goal in life was to have kids. It was just his thing. And like he was diagnosed with cancer before he had us. And so he, f he beat it three times. And the thing is, is like he knew he was gonna inevitably die. And so he'd rock around the house filming these like videos on his tape recorder, and just so we would remember what he's like. And it's just something where it's like, I'm, when I get married, I wanna have kids and I wanna be the best dad possible. I wanna give them the best life ever without raising them to be some cocky little sons of bitches. And that's what I want. I don't want like I, I just want to be able to be able to say I did this. I did this. Kids, look at what your dad did, and then look what your grandpa did. And so like that's what I'm 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 thinking of doing. <laughs> yeah, it's something beautiful. But no, it's it's for me. I've I've come to terms with life, and like this is the way it's happened. And I would not be where I am today without it. And everything that has happened to me has put me in position to where I am today. And I am beyond happy but i also appreciate life and the things that i have tenfold mm -hmm. now a word from our sponsor better help i have a question for you how well would you take care of your car if you had the same car your entire life 
right? Like, wouldn't you check on it? You'd open the trunk. You'd be like, what's going on in here? How do I make sure everything's wired correctly, working properly? Because this car is important to me. It's the only one I'm going to have. Well, that's actually how our brain works. Yet we don't always treat our brain that way. We don't always like open it up and dive in and see what's really going on. But there are plenty of ways to get started in supporting your brain, yourself, and BetterHelp Online Therapy is a great way to do it. I am a huge advocate for therapy. Honestly, I think there's nothing better than a great therapy sesh. And BetterHelp offers online therapy through video, phone, and even live chat online therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. If you are going through something, you are maybe burned out, anxious, stressed, dealing with family issues, maybe just want to get a better grasp on things, in under 48 hours, you can be matched with a therapist who can help you. RealPod listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash RealPod. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash RealPod, where RealPod listeners get 10% off their first month. It is so empowering to talk to someone. It was, I want to say one of the best decision I probably ever made in my life. It's what's allowed me to learn so, so much. And when I did my BetterHelp session, I literally took it from the comfort of my bed. So definitely check this out if you are interested in talking to someone. Once again, head to betterhelp.com slash realpod. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash realpod. From what you've told me earlier about Mm -hmm. you left home and your mom, what was your relationship like prior to her passing as well? See, that's difficult. And I, I think on Mother's Day, I was, I was reading texts between us. And it was something where it was kind of like through the years of kind of, I'd say, abuse that she caused on all of us, I needed a break. So I took about six months of just not talking to her after she kicked me out. And it was sad because my mom was an amazing person. Absolutely fucking amazing person. One of the best moms ever. But my mom, drunk, was probably the worst person alive. And my mom was drunk more than she was sober. And so it was like, you know, 5 a.m., I'd wake up at school and stuff, and, and she's already drunk. She's driving us drunk. She's got a, a vodka bottle underneath her chair. She's running red lights while picking us up, like, you know, almost killing us several times. It, it was just like, for me, I, I saw that, and that's why I don't drink. That's why I'm coherent all the time. It's why I'm a designated driver. It's like I'm not going to put my life, but also my friend's life at risk and experience that firsthand kind of realized, made me realize like, you know, what life has to offer. But our, our last text or like our communication before she passed away was relatively good. The last text she sent me was I've been attending AA meetings and I'm no longer drinking. I'm now sober, which I don't know if it was too late or if she was actually for sure, but she died from liver failure and renal failure due to alcohol. I don't mean to be unprofessional, but sure. like I can't help but, you know, feel some type of way for you as you talk about your dad and your mom and your family and like, yeah, God, it's a lot that you've been through at such a young age. Yeah. And then you have the whole world judging you and like people telling you that they don't like you or you're this or you're but that. that's fine though. It's I so signed much up for to that. carry. Regardless of what it is to carry, I signed up for it. At the end of the day, I, I'd be a sociopath if I expected everyone to love me. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my story and I'm going to make my content. And 
they can uh, they can agree with my story and they can love my story and they can you know be sympathetic to what I you know what I've done, but they they don't have to love me. They don't have to love the like my content is very specifically geared towards a demographic, and my music is fully me. Like my music, it's like expecting everyone to love rap, but like mm-hmm. and my music is is very much me. My content is my friends. Like my TikToks are my girlfriend and I's relationship. It's nothing fully me unless I'm posting music. My Instagram is now fully me, but it used to be just me and my girlfriend or me and my friends. And then my YouTube is just my friends, just in my point of view. And so it's like, it's very much. I don't expect them to love it. Do you get caught up with like, have you ever been canceled? I'm asking because no. I don't know. Okay. Do you fear it? Like, I feel like someone in your position would fear the day you wake up and someone has done or said or made up something. I don't fear it because I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, for me, I, I don't say fucked up things. I don't have like really a past of saying fucked up things. I probably, you know, I mean, honestly, I take that back. When I was like, you know, in high school, I was a piece of shit. <laughs> You, I'm not a piece of shit. Piece Two of seconds shit. later. No, no, no. I was a piece I'm of sorry. Shit. I was I was thinking of where I've been. Like, because high school, you mind, I dropped out. So, like, it's been it's been a long time. I, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I'm not scared of getting canceled because it's not like who I am anymore. Like, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, when this is before a lot of these things happened, and, and when my dad passed away, it didn't hit me until I was like 14 or 15. And so I kind of just went on a identity crisis. I just didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be. There was no one to put me in check. Like, your dad's supposed to put you in check. He's going to be like, yo, you're being a fucking idiot. Like, stop. There was no one to put me in check. And so, like, I, I ran free with it. And I was just, like, you know, doing doing drugs, doing dumb stuff. And, uh, yeah, saying some dumb shit, too. But, yeah, I'm not scared of getting canceled just because it's 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 not who I am. It sounds like you've had a lot of growth. And been able to reflect on like these really painful things that a lot of people just would want to push down. I mean, when I watched your newest music video, so powerful and the way that you, I don't know, had the ability to recreate moments that are moments people don't even want to talk about in therapy. And you're like using that as expression. What do you think has been the biggest thing that's allowed you to I don't know, be able to talk. I mean, I got a text today from someone saying, I'm dealing with this, Victoria, and I I don't want anyone to know, like, help me. And it's like, here you are so eloquently describing tragedy. Mm -hmm. What what do you think has gotten you to this point of, I don't want to call it peace because I'm sure it's not that, but the ability to communicate it and think about it? A lot of people push it down. Like, there's, there's a lot of paths you can take when you lose a family member or you have trauma happen in your life. And a lot of people take the route of kind of like suppressing it. And kind of for me, I, I've had my cries. I've had my why me. I've had my, you know, my life's not fair and all these things. And I realized that kind of like, it, for me, it, it just, I, I came to terms with it. Like, and it's really difficult. And I don't expect everyone to do that. And eventually, like, you, you might have to for your own mental health. But there's a good moment where I was not stoked about life. You know, I felt like all the cards were played against me. And, you know, I've I would look at Logan Paul and I would look at like all these huge creators and I'd be like, you know, this isn't fathomable. I wanted to do that and it it wasn't possible. And for me, I just I realized once that was possible, then like the sky's the limit. And these bad things that have happened to me are quite literally just the byproduct or the, you know, reaction to getting to where I am today. So what keeps you motivated now? If I, if, It's difficult. I, yeah, because I imagine, I mean, this is what I, you know, when I think about these huge YouTubers or creators, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, 
I'm always like on a random Tuesday. I'm like, what are they doing? Just like sitting in their mansion, like back of the pool. What what motivates them? Like they've got all the money, all the opportunity. You could literally DM or call any celebrity and do any collab. Like, sure. So so do you think you're really at a place where it's like you've got to love whatever it is to stay motivated? No, I'm actually not really stoked from that right now. Okay. To be honest, I mean, I I'm in a very blessed position, of course, which I worked really hard for, and I quite literally put blood and sweat into. But the goal, like I said before, was always music. And it's kind of like for me, it's not like a, a fad. Like I, I've done very successfully for myself. I don't really need to do it. It's something that I have to do for myself. And so it's like, you know, I, I set out to do music in the beginning and no one cared and now people care because I actually have a message to convey. I'm not the same idiot I was before. I have, you know, I've been working really hard and it's something that I'm not, I'm not going to drop off the face of the earth and stop posting and go, here's my album. I'm just going to, do what I want. Like everyone's yeah. like, oh, you gotta go full music, or you gotta, you gotta become. People need to take you as an artist seriously. I'm like, I'm just gonna put out music. I'm gonna go on tour. I'm gonna make music videos. And if people fuck with it, they fuck with it. We don't need to read this deep, guys. I feel like in this point, like that's maybe old record, like old, old like music. But I don't know. I'm, I'm if I'm gonna post less, I'm gonna post less because I'm working on an album. That's how it's gonna look. But I'm not gonna purposely not post on something and just fuck off with my day. I'm curious how you think about your fans. Sure. Because it sounds like you're really good with not taking in the negativity, yeah. which to me would mean you probably also don't let the positivity like boost your ego. No. So how do you do that when there's millions of people like obsessed with you? I have a group chat with some of my really close fans. And and not, I wouldn't even call them fans anymore. I call them friends. Their names like Sophia and, and you know Bree. Is this on Instagram or text? All of the above. Okay. And it, they, we FaceTime occasionally. It's just like something where... You're right. The, the positive messages don't because it's kind of like I don't believe them either. I'm very self-deprecating. Like even though I'm very aware of where I am today, it's something where, you know, I have so much growth still left to go. I'm 21. Like I still I'm going to make so many fucking mistakes. Like, I'm just going to like that's just something I'm going to do. And it's difficult for me to to see or be connected a lot with my fans or friends or whatever you want to call them because of I don't really believe what they say that are nice and I don't believe what they say that is bad. Right. So it's kind of like noise. But it's the supporters of like, that's like comments. But like the fans of kind of like the people who showed up to my show I did. Or yeah. the people who messaged me all these amazing, nice things of like, you know, I love having deep conversations. And like people are like, I lost my dad. Or I, I know what you're going through and I'm here for you. And it's like, you don't need to text me that. You're choosing to text me that. And that's beautiful. And I love that so much. So I'd say I have a really good relationship with the people who watch my content and engage in it with it. And also like when I see them in person, like yeah. I love seeing them in person. It's just difficult for me to identify with someone who's got the Joker as a lock, as a background, as their profile photo. Right, right. I hear you. I'm so glad that I just had this thought because I want to know your answer. Sure. When people go through something tragic in their life, yeah. it's often the response of others to not know what to say or to beat around the bush. Like as someone who ha like has gone through something like this, what are the best ways your friends have approached you or family to, to reach out or to be there for you? I mean, what was your experience? With my mom passing? Yeah. You know, like, d do you find that people, they don't want to bring it up, so they, they don't say anything about it. And then you're thinking, oh, I wish you would ask me, like, how have you, what are your thoughts on just grief and the way that a community around you either does or doesn't respond in the right way? Yeah, it's difficult because I've, I've had several people come up to me and, you know, like my friends are like, hey, my dad was diagnosed with stage three cancer, like he's going to die. How did you deal with it? And 
that is a loaded fucking statement and question. Because it's like, for me, I was nine. And it's like, oh, hey, my mom's dying from liver disease or like liver failure. Like, how did you deal with it? I'm like, I cried a good amount, stared out at the sky, contemplated, you know, like I watched my mom's life leave her body. And as I'm looking out, there's still a helicopter flying. There's still trees blowing through the air. There's still people walking around to their next, you know, hour of lunch break in my mom's body. My mom's just dead. And it's like, my mom's dead, but the world still moves. And I thought that in my head. And, you know, there's nothing that's going to prepare you for it. There's nothing, no advice I could ever give you that would make it easier. It fucking sucks. Losing someone you love is hard. It's also difficult to swallow. And at the end of the day, when I give advice to my friends, it's, it's hard to give them advice because I don't have the answers. I, I, I could go through this 20 more times. Yeah. I've gone through it twice now. Twice now. I could go through it. If I had 10 parents and I lost all of them, I'd give them the same fucking answer. I don't know. Also, but I'm here for you. Yeah. I reacted in different ways that some may view as unhealthy and some may view as, you know, deflecting. And I, I'm going to be honest, I just write a fucking song and I get over it. Like, it's, it's like, you know, I cry every other week and I, then I, I'm fine. And it's kind of like, you know, I, it's, what's important is don't forget. For the longest time, you know, you realize like my dad, he's buried at a church like by like at a cemetery, obviously next to a church in Oceanside, and no one goes there. And I go twice a year, but I could go more. I could, you know, I wear a necklace. I'm I'm barely religious, and I wear a cross around my neck, and it's the one my dad had. And so it's like you know, don't forget the people, like don't forget them. Yeah, keep. I've heard that before. You keep talking about them, yeah. keep them alive in spirit and in conversation. Like I forget my dad's voice. Like I forget what he looks like. And so it's like remind yourself. Watch mm-hmm. the videos that I he made for me. I, I you know see the letter he wrote me to me before he died. And like you know I read all these things and you know I just cry and I cry and I remember and it's amazing because it's like it's healthy. It's not healthy to bottle it up because eventually you're gonna explode. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sorry. I'm just like taking it all in, trying not to cry this whole time. Um, I see the tears. I know, but you're not crying, so I can't cry. Like, I'm, I feel like that's I'm rude. I'm fully out. Like, I know. That's the thing. I know. It's, I'm like, I, I literally, I keep trying to suck it back in. My friends are so mean to me too. Like, we watched <laughs> The Adam Project and my, my filmer, his dad passed away due to 9-11. Mm. And so like him and I both have like really fucked up dead dad jokes. And we, we watch Adam Project and he's crying and my friend Michael's crying. I'm the only one who's not crying yet. The, the movie pertains to me and, and Ryan. And, and Michael looks at me and goes, you're a sociopath. I go, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, you didn't cry. And I'm like, I experienced it in real life, you dumbass. Yeah. Like, why would I cry at a movie when I experienced it in real life? He's like, it should remind you of it. I'm like, are you on crack? Well, that's a good point of just, we can't judge the way people grieve or the way that they handle a situation, you know? Well, it's not black and white. Like, it's very much like, it's not, it's not sad equals cry. Sad is like, for me, it's like, I'm contemplating crying. And then I realize like, you know, like for me, I just, I, I, I hate crying. I'm such an ugly crier, but it's also like, if I cry and especially about like, you know, dead people's shit. (laughs) I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm fucking freaking out. I look like I'm having an annual. You're like, it's zero or a hundred. Exactly. So I'm not There's even There's not like a tear. In. I've never had just a fucking tear. It's always like, 
<laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. No, it's not though. Oh God. Okay. I don't even know. Alex, I think you're awesome. And I didn't know a ton about, you know, all the nuances, but I'll admit like I judged you like, and I don't want to judge people that's and like fine. people judge people and like, I don't know, people judge me, but I, I, I think it's refreshing to be like, oh, these people that we see who live these wild lives. A and lot like, of them are fucking, should be judged. So don't worry. Really? Okay. Oh so you're a gem. Am I, what do you mean? Like, cause you're just so authentic and you're so awesome. And like, I'm, I'm already, no, but yeah, but I just, I, you know, people are like, oh, the hype house, like these dudes, like they don't even like whatever, like they're so privileged. They're so this, like, I mean, I just. I mean, a lot of us from the hype house, like, I mean, Thomas was sleeping on tables and like, you know, like around like kitchen tables. Like it's very easy to come to those assumptions, but I'm saying in social media in general, TikTokers, a lot of them need to be humbled a bit. Okay, well, you then go, thanks for telling me you're an exception. Here I am, like I'm gonna be way more kind. I need as to I be judge humble. Humble me. Yeah, no, you're like you're like no, they all suck. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, Alex, thank you. It was so great to talk to you. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah, I'm a fan, and I appreciate your honesty, and I think it's so great to kind of hear your story and how candid yeah. you are and. I really appreciate you, and I'll cry later about this, but sure. I didn't want to do it in me front too. of you. <laughs> we'll, we'll both cry. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with Real Pod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.